to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And I remember having this moment as a woman bashing my head against the wall in the bathroom going, it's happened and I didn't want this to happen, but I'm here and I have no choice but to accept this. I don't even know if I've told Jared that. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. We often hear from married people that they feel like their life is stale, they're bored, they need something else. What happens if you've got it all? the most beautiful husband, children, life, career. And then just after your second baby, you meet someone of the same sex. And everything you know to be true about yourself is turned on its head. This is Sophie's story. You may or may not know her from social media. But today we get to understand what happened to her to change the trajectory of her life. Sophie, Keisha, welcome to the deep. That is sexual, and I liked the way you said my last name. You got it right. <laughs> I'm ready for this. It's been a long time in the making. Where do we begin? You've had a rebirth, like a serious mm. rebirth. You have been the phoenix rising. Can we go back to when I was introduced to you and maybe many of our listeners? And if you have no idea who Sophie is, You can do a quick Instagram search. You have been around as a, and I hate to use this term, but I'm going to start it, like a mummy fluencer Mm -hmm. for 10 years. Yeah, nearly 10 years now. But we're not talking today about social media. We're going to be talking about your private life because it is quite fascinating. But I found you as, what was your initial handle? The young mummy. That's her. That is me. Yep. You were warts and all, no hold barred, everyone. Like, didn't you live stream one of your births? So I, it was back then when Instagram didn't have stories. And so a huge part of my following followed my Snapchat. Um, so yes. I yes. Snapchatted, uh, not, not my birth, but I Snapchatted like 
I'm in labor, guys, like it's happening. You know, I had hundreds of thousands of people who were so invested and I went overdue and, you know, I took them along for that ride. And I certainly was never going to Snapchat baby crowning out of vagina, but um, (laughs) I thought it would be fascinating because I would like to watch that of someone having contractions. Did they stay at home? Did they go to the hospital? You know, I, I think it's really interesting. And I know having babies well I had my first baby young and then second baby in my mid-20s it doesn't really matter if you've had one or not every birth is so different and I just thought how fascinating so no I certainly didn't um stream my birthing stage but I I covered a lot of the labor which I just thought is something that I would like to watch so I think that is a great summary of what people have expected from Mm. you over the years you were married, you have two children, you were living a very um, beautiful, I'd almost like to say like suburban lifestyle, yeah. you know, like you were yeah. a stay-at-home mum and an influencer and that was mm-hmm. kind of the extent to it. Yep. And then everything changed. Can we mm. talk about that? You have written a book, so I want to tell people up front that if they want to get into like the serious nitty-gritty of every mm. detail, they can buy it. But let's start here. Yeah. When was that moment where you were like, I'm not living in my truth? Yeah. Well, probably I'm glad you asked that because in a lot of my podcasts or interviews I've done in the lead up to this, it's been very much fixated on the point where I met a woman and, oh, my world changed. But the reality was is I was having doubts within myself and within my marriage structure and and how my life was looking in the future. I was having a lot of doubts in that space initially anyway. And so was Jared. So was my ex-husband because we're very, we're we're both such free spirits and we both very much live life Mm -hmm. on our own terms. And all of a sudden we were like, hang on, how did we end up, you know, conforming to all these norms? Like, when did that happen? We Mm -hmm. sort of had this moment where we're like, oh my God, we got married. We've got two kids. Like we've done everything you're supposed to do. And we're kind of like, why did we do that? Can I ask you then, when you met, were you free spirits? Yes. And were you say unconventional in lots of ways? Yeah. And then did you just find yourself slotting into conforming? Yeah. So we were both free spirits and that's why we initially bonded so well and clicked. But I think we complimented each other so much that we allowed each other to express, you know, our thoughts and our actions and the way we wanted to live life together. So we really complimented each other and we really provided each other with the comfort to sort of run our own race. And a lot of people straight away go, oh, that must be all sexual, but it wasn't. It was just the way our minds worked, the way we thought, Mm. like we were always on the same page with everything. You know, like take it back to being 19 and 20 years old. Jared's like a young footy player. And back then, you know, girls don't go out with the boys because the boys have to go out on a Saturday night and God yes. forbid you invite your girlfriend. You never invite your girlfriend. But Jared would always invite me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking going. Like we never fell into those traps. But then I think we got pregnant young, had a baby young. How old was that? Can I ask? So I was 22 when I fell pregnant. I birthed Bobby at 23 and Jared yeah. was a year younger than me. So wow. he was 21 when I fell wow. pregnant. And looking back now, I definitely got roped into the, oh, I want the same surname as my children. That's going to make me feel mm. so much more like a mother. Ridiculous. Um, but at the time, that's what mm. I certainly felt. 
yeah, we just, you know, we did. And again, it's not to say we didn't want to get married. We did. We really loved that family unit and all of this. But I think what I later learned is I see people now doing this all for the wrong reasons. And I was like, did we fall into that as well? Yeah. So, so I think this is why I really wanted to talk to you about this because there are going to be so many women and men listening going, holy shit, I am not living my truth in my marriage. Mm. I did the thing that my family wanted me to do or that my peers were doing yeah. and now I'm at a position where I'm so deeply unhappy. But what you decided to do is one of the bravest things a human being can do. So... Can we go to that moment in time where you were sitting alone and you were like, "Mm -mm, my whole world is going to explode? Mm. Yeah. I do recall knowing in my gut that something was off and it was the night of my daughter's um, first birthday party when it really, and things had happened and emotions were starting to go. But I remember the night of my daughter's first birthday party, I bashed my head against a wall. We'd stayed at Crown. Jared had booked us a night at Crown. We'll all go stay in as a family. And I maybe recall that maybe we tried to have sex or we tried to be intimate. And I just realized I couldn't do it. I did not want to do it. And I'm looking at this man and he's so attractive and he's gorgeous and he's lovely. But I just, I had completely checked out. And I remember having this moment as a woman Mm. bashing my head against the wall in the bathroom going, it's happened. And I didn't want this to happen, but I'm here. And I have no choice but to accept this. Like I was out of love with a man I didn't want to be out of love with. Mm. I was sleeping next to a man who I didn't want to be sexually involved with anymore. And I had my beautiful little family. I don't even know if I've told Jared that. But it was it was a moment mm. of um, I had met a woman uh, a few weeks after having my baby and I had a moment and I I've talked about it quite a lot. I never really believed in these moments. You see them in movies where you meet someone and it's like, ah, like this. And I'm like, oh, that's just what happens in Hollywood. But I had my moment. And looking back now, do I think it was so much this woman or was it the symbolism of the woman figure and she was then going to represent change for me in terms of how I looked at all women, mm. that's what I truly believe now. At the time I thought I was madly in love with this woman and that we were going to run away together and live happily ever after. Mm. But my attraction to women was born that night. I I look at it this way. I birthed my daughter and I truly believe I birthed a new version of myself. And then I met this woman. Mm, I got full body shivers. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way I can explain it because that's really what happened. And like birthing my daughter, did she allow me to birth the true version of myself that I never knew existed? Because I really didn't. I'd never been attracted to mm. women before sexually. I'd never gone, oh, yeah. Never. Couple. Never. Never. Never had an inkling never. to No, nah, never. Boys, boys, dicks. It feels weird, right? Because a lot of people will be going, I don't want to fuck my husband. I don't want to, you know, I'm miserable. I'm not attracted. I don't feel connected. I'm just going to plug along. Like, I think so many people do that. The fact that you were presented something, right? Mm. So was it circumstantial? Was it the universe? Was it your baby daughter rebirthing you? It could be all of the things, right? Mm. But that's what's really interesting. Growing up and never feeling 
curiosity to women and Mm -hmm. then meeting a woman and it's just like this is holy shit how do I not follow through now with this feeling yeah that's confronting oh it was very confronting and it was exciting but it was very confronting yeah you can look at it and go, oh, you were brave and you were this and was that, and I really do appreciate that. But if you remove marriage, you remove babies. I was 27 years of age and I met a woman who I went, oh, like that's not uncommon. It was just for me that I had the the marriage and I had the ring on my finger and I had my children and I had life. That's of- why it is brave. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why it's brave. It, it, You know, sexuality and meeting and loving who you want to love and exploration is obviously um, happening everywhere. But I mm-hmm. think knowing you're unhappy just after you gave birth, like so how old is your child at this point? She would have been no older than like eight weeks old. Yeah, holy shit. So you're like still super postpartum and I'm oh sure. Oh, my God, like, I am breastfeeding. Not- <laughs> I've got a sore fanny. Yeah. <laughs> really sore tender fanny and I'm sure you're not even feeling sexual Mm -mm. right but you meet someone that kind of lights you up which would be a very weird position to be in right because you're now like (laughs) I've birthed this child but I'm like kind of into you what does this mean for me like what do you how do you even what the fuck? Like, do you start talking to her and, 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 and frame it as a friend? Yeah, so I, I definitely knew instantly that there was an intrigue there. And, again, whether that was a man or a woman or in between, I could never have fathomed that I'd be rocking up to my first work event post having a baby. Like I said, sweaty milk titties, stitches in my fanny, and being attracted to anybody, yes. let alone a woman. And you know, people say there's been reports that Jared and I had an open marriage the entire time. We certainly didn't. There were parts of exploration during that marriage, but it wasn't an open marriage. So for me to go out and meet anyone and be that attracted to them was very uncommon. I was married. I was so obsessed with my husband. So all of these things. And then the main point that it's a woman, I was instantly like, wow, what is this feeling? All I knew is that I got a feeling that I arguably don't know if I've ever had ever. So what is the feeling? Oh, it was like, you know, those butterflies, but like butterflies on steroids and just, I vividly remember, cause you know, you shake people's hands and being all professional. Hello. I'm Sophie Keisha. Hello. And I shook this woman's hand and it was so firm. And I just looked at her hands and then I looked up her arms and they were all veiny and muscly. And then I got to her biceps and it was muscly, but it was like super hydrated and glowy. Like she <laughs> used some really good moisturizer. And then I got up and it was this beautiful female face. And I remember again, stereotypically, I would never have associated with a woman who was going to speak at a panel who didn't have a full face of makeup on, but this woman was raw. She was fresh. She had no makeup on. She had her hair up in a bun. And so straight away it was different for me. I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, I'm there with fake eyelashes probably hanging off sideways and trying to put my best bronzer on. And so there was so many intriguing parts to it because I'm like, this woman is simply beautiful, Mm. but she's nothing of what, I in my head had been culture, you know, conditioned to believe was beautiful. Even though at in my late twenties that sounds so 
naive and so like shut off to the world but that's just the reality of who Sophie was and who she had grown up around can I ask you then on that I because I think a lot of people are just trying to wrap their heads around this that you you have a newborn you're obviously out at a work event you meet someone you are knocked over by Mm. this feeling because a lot of people would suppress that and ignore it yep I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to engage in it. This is it. Like I've got my husband. I've got a fucking yep. baby. What do you do next? I did. I did suppress it for a very long time. I tried not to suppress just her, but to suppress those thoughts and that curiosity. I didn't want my brain to waver away from my husband. Mm. So I really did. And that was the hard part. And it was also hard because Jared could see me trying to do that. Jared could feel me trying to do that. So as do much you as mean I, he could, sorry, had you told him? Yeah. So I went home that night after meeting this girl hanging out. She was awesome. I thought, oh, like I've got these butterflies. That's weird. But she's a really cool chick. Like I want to be friends with her. And I went home to Jared. I said, oh my God, I think I have a little crush on someone. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I think I just have a crush on a girl. I think I just <laughs> met someone. And that's really weird. And of course, being the sicko that he was, he was like, oh, that's hot, cool, amazing. Yeah, and he's obviously thinking it is what it is. He's not thinking you mm. have fallen in love, you are now opening No, the but it up. is funny because at the time he, he would have said that and then Jared actually wrote the first chapter of my book and he wrote it without my knowledge. I didn't know what he was going to write in it. I didn't see any of it. And his first line in the book is that he knew instantly in that moment that our relationship was going to change because he said he saw something in me he had never seen before. Oh, my God, I got full body shivers. Yeah, and he never told me that. He never told me that. So he said, I saw a version of Sophie come home who was just like so excited. It was like something had been unleashed in me. Was he still in love with you? Yes, very much so. Okay, so was he nervous? Um, I saw glimpses of it, but again, I was very transparent the whole time. Jared and I had a very, um, our communication was, and probably still is, um, as exes co-parenting our communication between each other is something we pride ourselves on. Mm. Um, and so I would, I communicated all of my feelings and thoughts. And if I was going to go have a coffee with her, if I was going to go catch up with her and a group of friends, he always knew that. And, you know, I, I believe I gave him every opportunity to say, I'm not comfortable with this, but he really did encourage me to continue it. Cause this is where we need to break it down. There are three parties here, you know, and Mm -hmm. You don't even know what this is, but you know mm-hmm. it's something. He doesn't know what it is, but he can see a shift. Mm-hmm. She, the third party, is she queer? Yes. Okay. So is she single? Well, I didn't know at the st- at this time, um, but no, she wasn't at this stage. Okay. Um, but I recall going on her Instagram, and this is just how naive I was, Zoe, going on her Instagram, and there was these photos of her and, and this girl quite frequently. But, you know, they weren't doing, like, love hearts and, like, professing that, <laughs> you know. Kissing. Love you, like, my one and only, like, I would write about Jared. They were just, like, photos of them. And I was like, no, oh, maybe they're just, like, best friends or something. Like, maybe it's just their housemate. <laughs> but it was her woman. It was her partner, yeah. Okay. I just want to get all the context. Because there's something in me, and I'm sure in a lot of women, 
that are living vicariously through mm. this experience for you. Like I feel yeah. like I missed out on exploration of queerness mm-hmm. and um, I don't feel like in my life right now I'm in a place where I want to explore, but I'm there, I want to live through you. Mm-hmm. So when you catch up with this woman for the first time, are you still in a bit of denial and you're framing it like you're meeting a friend, but you know it feels good? I definitely knew, and I'll tell you why, because I would care about what I would wear to see her and I would do my makeup like I knew she didn't wear makeup and she wasn't into that stuff, but I wanted to look pretty but like effortless, you know. <laughs> and again, Jared <laughs> yeah. would see these things. Jared would be like, oh, you doing yourself up. Like he would notice it. Did he say he was threatened at this point? He said no because he said I could never be threatened. My ego could not be threatened because as a female I can't compete with her. A female, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you are attracted to that, then that's something I can't offer you. Or if that is something that, you know, is appealing to you, then that's not necessarily anything wrong with me. It's something brand new. So there is a big lesson here to be learned from Jared's mindset as well. And that's what I've been trying to get across is that a man supporting and empowering a female, even at a time where it was probably breaking his heart and, you know, really disrupting everything he'd ever known. That's a really powerful story. That is unconditional love. Yeah. And emotional intelligence. Yeah. Like the height of emotional intelligence and also real respect for the family unit. Mm -hmm. You know, like both of you don't know what you don't know, right? This really brand new thing is happening, but he's just like, well, currently until Soph says what this is, we just love each other and the children and we just continue, right? So let's go to the first meeting because you say nothing happens for a year. So I'm I'm assuming that you guys are hanging out. Mm -hmm. When you're together, is it electric? From my end, yes. And that's when I knew it was months and months and then I'd see her again and those feelings never stopped. Can I ask you something intimate? Would you like fantasize about her? Yes, but more a bit later on after we had connected in that way. Okay. But yes, I'd certainly, it was something that, and this is, so this is the part that people need to understand too. This is all new to me. Straighty 180 woman married kids. All of a sudden finding myself sexually fantasizing about someone who I don't even really know and who is a female like the confusion that I was facing, I, c- I couldn't put into words. Yeah. Are you, are you now going, am I queer? Mm-hmm. Am I, should I watch a bit of lesbian porn and see like if it gets me in the tingles? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to explore this? Because also you're a sleep deprived new mum. Yeah. You know, like you still got to change the sheets and do the food and yeah. do the your constancy of life and the social media world and you've got other brands and then you get thrown this kind of like spanner that's I feel going to take up some time. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm also day. at the same time simultaneously trying to hold on to my marriage. Like I was trying to make that work. I was with therapy try- with what? Um just no, not therapy, but really just trying to well I suppose yeah, maybe I was trying to detach from those emotions, but 
you know, we went away on family holidays where we did, there were times during that period where we really did reconnect. Mm. And I would think you are so stupid, Sophie, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But it just became obvious that they would just creep back in and it didn't matter how much I tried. Because it's a big fucking deal, right? Like the thoughts you're having are terrifying. Terrifying. And again, not even a woman, not even being a woman, but just the thoughts that I'd only been married for two or three years at this stage, someone I truly married believing I'd spend the rest of my life with, with every good intention. Your best mate. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm now picturing that not happening. Like that was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Were you also sitting in what things could potentially look like? Like being a single mother, Mm. separating assets, separating children, Mm. doing weekends. But I knew where my gut laid because that stuff excited me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's where, and it actually. That's a really good thing to, to, that's a really important part of the conversation, I think, because a lot of women listening to this that are unhappy, whether that is in exploration of queerness or in their marriages was a completely Mm -hmm. separate issue. I think sitting in that place and being excited is a beautiful intuition. Yeah, my intuition was excited by the fact. And and this was, yeah, two little babies and all of this, but I was excited to have a bit of me time as well. You know, you do, you weigh up, okay, well, I'll see my kids every second weekend. But I was excited to reconnect with Sophie and, and her friendship groups and maybe travel and maybe invest into myself a little bit. And I I was confident that I'd be okay as well. Mm, mm. So I knew my gut inside, like it did break me in some parts, but equally it excited me. I want to fast forward to the juicy bit. I want to go to the moment of crossing the boundary. Yeah. This was an exciting night. Yeah. (laughs) Had there been an ending with Jared at this point? Uh, not completely, but there had been an open conversation about separation. Yeah. Okay. So take me through the scene of you and this woman. Okay. So I'm very spiritual. I'm very universe. You know, I believe in the power of everything magical like that. And this night sums that up because, um, I had gone out for, so for context, me and this girl, were actually distanced a little bit because I think, she had separated from her girlfriend and my conversations, I'd sort of tried to steer to let her know like a little bit, just little hints. She was well aware of the fact of how I was feeling. She sort of put in a bit of a boundary and said, hey, you're married. I think we're better off as friends. I went, you know what? You're right. And I respected that. And we sort of, so we didn't, we didn't talk for quite a while. And then it was a bit of an awkward stage, to be honest. And then one night I was out for dinner with um, girlfriends and my friend and I, Amelia, we got a little bit drunker than everyone else. Everyone else was going home. So we were like, oh, let's let's kick on somewhere. Like open up my Instagram. The first thing that comes up is an Instagram story from this woman that she was out. Now, this woman never went out. She never drank. She never, you know, athlete, I'm in bed, blah, blah, blah. And I just went, oh, my God, because we had actually always talked about going out together like yeah maybe that's where we could connect we'd both have to have a few drinks and blah blah and all of a sudden she's out and I'm in an uber and I'm like (laughs) I messaged her and I said I remember saying oi where are you 
And she wrote back, oh, I'm in Richmond. We were in Richmond in an Uber. Like we were driving through Richmond. And I said to Amelia, I said, Amelia, we have to stop. We've got to get out. We've got to go to this pub. So we two minutes later, we're out and I'm walking hand in hand with this woman in a bar. The woman? The woman. Hand in hand? Well, she came to get us. She was with a group of friends and she came to get us and she's grabbed my hand to, you know, walk through the crowd, which again is not that uncommon, but I was like, oh, my God, she's holding my hand. Oh, my God, she's holding my hand like, oh, like this. And I knew I it quickly became apparent that she had sort of had to push me away a few months before because she was feeling something too. And, again, I was married. It wasn't appropriate because she wasn't drinking. She was driving. And then when I got there, you know, she was with friends and we all got a drink. And I said, oh, what do you want? She said, no, I'm driving. And all it took for me to say is, oh, come on. And she goes, all right, I'll drink. And I just thought, I was like, she wants to have a drink with me too. Okay. Yes. All I had to say was like, oh, come on, like, come on, have a drink. And she went, okay. And I was like, oh, we're on here. We are on. But still, I hadn't really, like, I'd fantasized about it, but I hadn't actually considered that it might become a reality. Mm-hmm. But that night just was, it was on from the get-go. Like we were flirty. We were, wherever we walked together, we were holding hands. And and yes, I was married. Yes, Jared was at home. But it just felt so normal. And I think that's where we go back to intuition again. Like one, I wasn't morally doing anything wrong because Jared was well aware and we had discussed separation. We were living under the same roof. Can I ask something on that though? Because a lot of people are going to be like, you are betraying him. He's still in your home. Are you sleeping in the same bed? Are you still intimate? Are you like, what's the, what's the actual situation with him? Well, people need to remember here that it might make them feel uncomfortable, but the reality is, is that it had been discussed. Jared even writes that in the book. He can't explain it anymore. And this is something that kind of pisses us off both a little bit because it's four years later and he still has family and stuff questioning it. Really? We were so comfortable with that so situation. So he was okay. Yeah. That's the point. He was fine. He's he was okay. fine with me going out and hooking up with girls if I wanted to. He was okay. absolutely fine with it. Not okay. boys. And I never did boys. He was so fine. Is this something um, separate or is this a new thing that he put in place that he, he was comfortable with? He'd always been, we'd always been quite open to experiences. Like we had, okay, we had had sexual experiences with other couples and, okay. you know, flirty moments with other people. And it was kind of our thing. It wasn't regular, but it was our thing. We but it was really- understood. It was yeah. understood in the relationship context. Yeah. So that's what I, I just have to get clear for everyone listening. So when you were doing this, you were like, He's cool. He'd be He's so good. Fine so yeah. fine. So, okay. Was there a kiss? There was a kiss. So anyway, flirty all night. I'm actually having like panic attacks in the toilet, <laughs> blind drunk with my friend Amelia going, how do I kiss a girl? Like, what do I do? But <laughs> it was also a really different dynamic for me, right? Because I'd only ever been with men and that's relationships, but also like hooking up with them on a night out. So traditionally, you know, I'd be the girl and then the guy and the guy would make the move and the guy would dance behind me and all this. But then when there's two girls, I was like to Amelia, do I dance behind her? Like, do I buy her a drink? Like, this is all so new to me. Um, And I was saying, and also 
I know some women. I didn't know if she was comfortable to kiss a girl in the middle of a dance floor. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know, and I needed to respect her boundaries as well. So I just, it was all so new. I didn't know how any of this worked. Is being drunk like not helpful at this point of navigating? No, it was because I was so nervous and it just okay. Because I was like, you trying to figure out the right thing to do and also being loose. I was like, is that absolutely okay? Cross-eyed drunk. Um, but I think I needed to be, I think I just kept going. <laughs> um, and then I also, again, I knew we were just really close, but we we're with a really big bunch of girlfriends and like the, oh, that's when I knew too, because it was all her friends and I didn't know any of them. And they kept saying, oh, you two are so going to hook up tonight. Oh, look at her. She's obsessed with you. And I was like, oh my, is she? I was like, do you reckon? <laughs> like asking them for reassurance. Um, and then fast forward, it's five 30 in the morning there's only three of us left, myself, her, and one of her friends. Wow. And we were sort of standing. Both of us were, like, delaying it out the front of the nightclub. And, you know, we were flirty. We were standing there, like, holding pinky fingers with each other. And and her friend goes, her friend, so drunk, goes, can you two just hurry up and kiss so I can go home? <laughs> she ended up not waiting. She jumped in. And I just thought I need to say it here because I could tell she wanted to kiss me, but I could also tell she wasn't going to kiss a married woman. Mm. And so it's the first time I said to her, you know, that this is okay. And she said, no, I'm I'm not going to do it. You know, you're married and I respect Jared too much. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. Like he is across everything, I promise you. And in that moment I could have looked like a cheating liar. Yeah. You know, it's 5.30, I'm drunk. I could have been look like I'm saying anything to get in her pants, but that's a reality and I spoke my honest truth. And she said, look, I don't think anything's going to happen and I accepted that and I went, yep, yeah, okay, no worries, that's fine because it was. It was a lot for her to take on as well. Mm-hmm. She, you know, or she just had to take my drunk word at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. But the electricity and the connection between us, like the sexual tension was just like she was saying no, but her body was still here. You know what yes. I mean? And I said, okay. And she said, I'm going to kiss you on the cheek now and I'm going to say goodbye. And I said, okay. And she came in to kiss me on the cheek. And all I said to her was, don't you fucking kiss me there if you're not going to kiss me properly. And she just went, boom. And we just had this super intense, passionate kiss. But I vividly remember in that moment amongst the drunk, wet pussy shots in my brain and amongst the kiss thinking, this feels so normal. Mm. This, like I should be like, oh, my God, I'm kissing a girl in the middle of the public, in the street, there's people everywhere, and it felt so normal. And in Mm. that moment I did not care about any of my surroundings. I didn't care about any doubts I had. I knew I was doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. From that night, it's obviously undeniable that you and this person want to be together. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? Well, again, she still had a lot of reservations. Yeah, I can imagine. She didn't want to be the person to break up a marriage, even though, again, and this is the thing, this is where it's really tricky when you're living life a little bit in the public eye because it doesn't matter what we say and it still doesn't matter what we say. People have made up their own versions of events. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't matter if me and this woman had been together and we had all said, no, 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 Jared and I were separated. She still would have got blamed for it. Jared obviously comes to terms at some point that this is going to happen. Mm. You are going to be 
divorcing. Yeah. It's kind of been on the cards. It's been discussed. It's not mm-hmm. a shock. Yep. It's also, I'm sure, still very incredibly sad mm, absolutely. for both of you and yep. the kids and how you navigate all of that. Yep. From the time that you kissed to the time that you separated living spaces, what was that timeline like? Probably about another 14 months. Okay. Yep. Jared, you can't speak for, but I'm assuming, you know, he's still in love with you, but he understands a separation is coming. Mm-hmm. But Jared also wanted, he was seeing me go and explore and he wanted that too. And I allowed him that. So he was actually doing that himself. Oh, great. So he he's not there like rocking in the corner. No, no, no. And that's what I think the narrative in so many people's heads is, is that Jared just sat at home waiting for me to come home while I Looking was Looking after the kids, wiping yeah. bottoms. Oh, poor Jared. Like <laughs> he definitely took a bit longer to get out there. But it to was get ready. Also, yeah. But it was also hard, right, because – no one in the broader public knew. And so Jared was also terrified that if he's out there trying to pick yes. up chicks, oh, Jared's a cheating, filthy dog. Like every, as much as people knew who I was, everyone knew who he was. Oh, my God, you're Sophie Gage's husband, Jared. Oh, my God, we love Jared. He's the sweetest dad ever. Oh, Jared. And then, then Jared is like rampant through the yeah, streets. Yeah, like trying to get his fuck on and then they're all <laughs> thinking that he's this cheating, you know, filthy husband. And so it was really hard for him. It was a yeah. little bit different for me because I wasn't picking up um, guys. I was picking up girls and gay circles in Melbourne. I met a lot of friends. Like you just meet a lot of people, three people. So it's a bit easier. Yes. And also then, I, I guess, like, but girls will Google him or, like, Instagram him. You're the first thing they see. They think he's lying. Absolutely. Who understands a dynamic like that? Like, even yep. the dynamic is very open, you know, for society. Yeah. So fascinating. So did he did he get his fuck on eventually? He did. It took him a little while longer, but he was certainly doing his own thing for a while while we were still living together. Did he enjoy it? Did he think like, okay, this life could be for me? Yeah, and he and this is the thing, like go back again, like to our original talks of separation. Those conversations excited him as well about freedom, about a bit yeah. of space, about take the pressure off. He became a dad at 21. Like, yeah. This is what people need to understand. It's not to say it wasn't difficult for both of us, but it did excite him. And the Jared I know, he was like a bull before I met him, like girls, 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 girls. And mm. so he took on a lot with a serious long-term relationship, children, marriage. He took on a lot. And he even says he probably did things like proposing and getting married because he felt like it was the right thing to do, not because he actually genuinely wanted wanted to to do it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 
Zoe from the future here. If you want to hear about Sophie's first intimate experience with a woman, make sure you subscribe to The Deeper because we have recorded a whole nother episode on that. But I also want to go back and ask Sophie more about her experience with dating women and how she met her now partner. So, Soph, I feel like I totally missed this bit. (sighs) We go into this story, we're deep into it. You kiss this woman. It's amazing, life-altering. Did you two stay together? Was this a relationship? Um, No, I wouldn't call it a relationship, but I certainly, it was like a, a quick whirlwind romance. So there's a bit of a myth amongst the gay community, especially the lesbian community, that you fall in love with the first woman that you have an encounter with and you stack up and you get married and happily ever after. Um, And I'd be lying if I said that wasn't me because it was. Um, So I did develop very quickly. Well, I sort of did have already these feelings for her. We had been friends for a long time. But after Mm. that moment, it was just like I knew that this was it. And hindsight's taught me that, you know, it was women that I knew was it, but at the time yes. I believed it was her. Um, and so I did. I just fell for everything, like the intimacy I felt, the emotional connection I felt with her. I confused that with being for this woman, but it was actually just for the female presence in general. So it was just a couple of weeks, um, I would say, we were together. Um, she would argue against that that we were not but we were certainly dating we were hanging out with groups of friends we were you know having dinners together and things like that um but it did it came to a very abrupt halt a couple of weeks later which really knocked me for six because I felt like I'd been dangled this carrot in front of me and I I loved this carrot and I finally got this carrot Mm. and then it was very quickly taken away um from me which you know again hindsight life experiences taught me completely understand I was still married I was still very new to it all um and this you know from what I gather this woman just felt like you know I need to I need to step away from this this isn't what I want which she's well entitled to but at the time yeah it was a big shock because I thought oh I really liked that now it's gone again so after her and this whirlwind but also long extended friendship came to an end did you date other women and like many um so after that I think the reality of that situation shocked me and it quite it burnt me quite a lot that I took some time um to go back into my marriage and and really assess you know what I'd done and you know I think the burn and the hurt that I felt in that made me sort of go no I'm not I'm not dating women I'm not I'm going to and I really did I I truly did try to give my marriage another good crack um for about six months where I I invested into Jared and us and our sexual chemistry and we went away on family holidays and you know I really tried to fall in love with him all over again but again hindsight tells me, you know, I knew that there was a part of me burning away inside, always thinking about the what ifs. The nagging. Yeah, the nagging, just that in my gut, in my heart going, oh, what's around that corner? But, you know, I'm proud of myself that I did try to invest that time and energy into my marriage again. And and Jared and I did, like I said, we really did reconnect there for a while. Um, but for me, that burnt out quite quickly again, um, sort of at the end of that year. So that was probably about six months where I tried to do that. 
And then um, I joined a new footy team um, at the end of that year and pre-season started and I just, you know, I was amongst all the gays again and, <laughs> you know, I was, I was in that community again where it was just I felt at home and I felt safe and I felt like me and so the next few months saw me, yeah, just again with Jared's full knowledge, just, you know, going out with the girls and having a random kiss on the dance floor and a flirt here and a bit of this and a bit of that. And then the following year in March, I met a, a young girl, again, not looking for anything at all, but I had a random kiss with a, a friend of a friend on the dance floor one night who ended up being a 19-year-old girl. And I was 27, 28 at this time there. Um, and we really connected. We connected on a, a very, she was a very mature 19-year-old um, girl. She was a very masculine um, female. And yeah, our sexual chemistry was through the roof. And all of a sudden I found myself very interested Mm. 19 year old which again was just new for me right I was approaching my 30s and I'm really getting feelings for a 19 year old girl so that was a whole nother confusing part but it was equally as exciting as well um just to have that freedom to do that and we ended up dating for like from start to finish was about nine months wow yeah so there's actually been quite a few, not just like dalliances, but like I'd say little relationships between you and the first kiss and Maddie. Yeah. You know, in, in amongst there too was a 42-year-old woman as well, um, much older, very, and, and I know she'd be comfortable with me saying this, very stereotypically gay woman, you know, short hair, dressed very masculine, you know, so whilst people who publicly may see my relationships with the likes of Alana Kennedy and Maddie Garrick, beautiful blonde hair, um, professional athletes and all this, you know, I did have a dating life there for a while when no one knew about it. It just wasn't public. Mm. Um, so I have dated and had sexual experiences with a wide variety of humans, but you know, I, I am human. I don't post about every single person I <laughs> fucked on the weekend. Hey, guys, I just want to let you know I fucked um, a real butch lady today. Um, <laughs> and, again, some people aren't okay with me using these terminologies, but I know that these people would be fine. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I dated for two months a 42-year-old and then all of a sudden I've got a 19-year-old girlfriend. So there was a clear exploration period happening a lot of people, it's really funny, a lot of people think that then there was her, the girl I kissed that night at the nightclub was Maddie. Yes, I'm like, yes, oh. I think so. That's why I was like, we have to go back and we have to discuss. I needed that time to explore. Like I, I wasn't going to jump straight out of a marriage and jump straight into a relationship. And, yes. again, these are the misconceptions that are out there that, oh, she left her husband for Maddie and now they're engaged. No. Yes. So at what point then were you like, this is the end of the marriage? Like yeah. what age of this were you in? So in that time with the 19-year-old, certainly mm -hmm. um, I knew that we weren't going to be together. There was no longevity with us, but I knew that it was brilliant, that relationship, because it did teach me that I definitely wanted to be in a relationship with a woman. And then my friends were like, hey, what are you doing Wednesday? We're going to watch the basketball. And I was like, yeah, I don't have the kids. Let's go. And then there was her. Then there was Maddie Garrick yeah. on the basketball court. And I went, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> on the basketball court. Yeah. And Mads was actually the first girl 
that I said I want to take her on a date. So I dated very masculine people before that who were very, very gay, very making all the moves on me. I was, you know, the straight girl. And Mads was the first girl I saw and went, no, I'm I'm asking her on a date. Um, so, you know, did my research. Is she gay? What is she like? Yes, ticked all the boxes. Yes, yes, yes. Got all the answers. And, um, yeah. And then, and then the rest is history. Yeah. Now, I mean, now here we are. <laughs> here we are. And she's beautiful. And, and I did know, I, I, I knew the second I met her that I was like, you are right. You are different. Like you are it. I want to finish this up with just rounding it out because you are madly in love. You are engaged. You're about to do the marriage thing again. Yeah. Why? Yeah, right. I get it. And even when it the thoughts were coming into my head that I wanted to propose, I was like, you're an idiot. Why are you doing this again? Like what? But I think what... I had a real moment when I first got with Mads. It was, I want this, I want that. I'm not doing this again. I've been married. I'm not doing this. And then I've realized like I can't bring all of my doubts, worries, concerns, trauma. Shit to her. Shit from a previous relationship and a previous version of Sophie into her life. Mm. And the reality is like the book states and it's not to say I did this to make it up to her, but I treated Maddie really badly in the past And I broke her heart time and time again. And Mads truly taught me the meaning of support, loyalty, true love, second chances, eight times chances. And it wasn't easy for her. And that's not why I proposed. But I remember in a previous relationship where I had my heart broken really bad. And it was a pivotal moment where I had this realization is that I've been chasing all these things. I've been running away from everything that I thought I was scared of. And then I realized that's actually all I want. I Mm. just want to come home every day and Maddie's on my couch. I look like this. I've got my jammies on. Like I just, that's exactly what I want. And Mads had been scared that in the book I sound like I settled for her or that she was a second option. It's like, no, I needed to go through that turmoil and I needed to experience that love and that on-off and that heartbreak to realize what I actually did want, to arrive. And I arrived to a young woman who took on my children from a very young age. She has never once, even when we first started dating, the children were never a factor to her. It was just like, they come with you. And even now it's not easy. It's not easy. She's a professional athlete as well. You have a thing with the athletes? I have a clear type. But she, you know, she's training seven days a week. She's playing all of this. And then to add motherhood on top of that, it's challenging. But she does what she can. That's something I've had to adjust to as well. Like she's not a natural parent. You know, she doesn't get things like Jared does. So I've had to pull back a little bit and go, okay, I need to take some pressure off her because this isn't natural to her. No, it's not normal. It's her her normal state. And so the proposal thing was, you know, we are talking about having children in the near future because I'm just so, I'm the most maternal person in the world. I'd have 10 babies. You want more babies. It just is like the most fascinating story, isn't it? Because it really is full circle with you. Yeah, I ran and now I'm back. It's this young mummy that births super young, had the stability, had the home, all of the things, got itchy from it. It wasn't the right one mm-hmm. for her, goes and kind of blows it up in a mm. way 
and experiences and expresses and then goes, I really want it, but I need it with the one that's for me. I need it with a woman. I need it with my girl. And like, maybe that was it. Maybe I just, I found my true self. And the engagement to Mads was, if you asked me honestly, a year ago, do do you want to get married? Do you want to get this? Absolutely no way. Can I sit here and say I still want to get married? I don't know. But I provided Maddie with, I needed to um, meet her halfway. I needed to compromise. It wasn't fair for me to not want to do those things because I've done it. Mm. That's important to her. And Mads has taken on so much. Dating me is a lot. In case you haven't realized, it's a lot. Um, Kids, you get public, you get spotlight, you get everything. And I'm like, you know what? I want to give her her moment. Mm. She deserves her moment in all of this. And she deserves to be recognized for this incredibly beautiful woman who I love so much. And so she made the commitment to me to come back into my life and to come back into my children's life and to play a role in their life. And I thought I need to provide her with the same commitment in return Mm. and to let her know that I'm not going anywhere. I do want to be with you. I do Mm. want this life. And I knew that she wouldn't be in a hurry to get married either, but she certainly did want to get engaged because it was something in her life that she wanted and I needed to take that into consideration. It would be so selfish and unfair of me to go, we're never doing that because I've done it before. Mm. That's not fair. For all of the people going, okay, so is Maddie nervous that you are going to go and want to be with a dude again or going to want to be with So no dicks. I am, oh, I, I do, I think she'd be okay with me saying this. Maddie's bisexual. She considers herself bisexual. I just, I don't know if I can commit to that term because the thought of penises makes me actually like do this face. Um, She's doing a disgusted face. Dicks, hang on, but you were you were strictly dickly before and now you can't even like nah. the th- you can't even nah. fathom. Like if I, yeah, no, I'm, Maddie always says to me, like I'll send her photos of like, I sent her a thing of Kendall Jenner from the Met Gala and I said, I, I've just realised why I love Kendall Jenner so much because her boobs look like yours. And she's like, <laughs> you are so gay. It's not funny. <laughs> Okay. Our final question, who are you when no one's watching? Um, When no one is watching, I am the biggest homebody and I never was. There's so many new things about myself that like this new Sophie, but she's also not forever. Like this is my now. Again, I go back to my now. My now is just kids, family. Again, everything I ran away from, Zoe is kids basketball Saturday mornings. It's on the couch like ham and cheese rolls on a Saturday afternoon watching the footy. It's not going out. It's not dressing up. It's not. Someone said to me recently, who was it? It was something about like all these upcoming book events and stuff like that. And I said, oh, God, it's my worst nightmare to have to like do makeup. And and they're like, what? I thought you'd love it. And I'm like, oh, my God, No. Maddie, to get me out of the house to go have dinner, it's like fingernails down a chalk. Oh, my gosh, you've kind of turned into like a 50-year-old old man. You know how they get happily. They just want to be in their shed and stay at home. Leave me alone, happily shut the blinds, the curtains, <sighs> and I'm just so I, you know what? I'm I'm actually pretty tired from the past few years. Like I've <laughs> I'm a Sophie little bit. Sophie needs a nap. 
I'm a bit burnt out. So if, can you everyone just leave me alone for a while? Because I just want to enjoy my home, my family and my sexy, sexy fiance. Sophie, thank you so much for being with us on the deep. <laughs> I mean, wow. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.